Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana. Powered by the Montana Electric Cooperative Association. Your Montana Electric Cooperative. They do much more than keep the lights on for you. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Yeah, priorities, people. Priorities. I was scanning Twitter earlier this morning and I saw some legislative Democrats. They're really, I'll tell you what, they're fired up. They are fired up. They are really mad uh, that the governor of Montana is not spending millions more dollars and is not living in the governor's mansion. They really want him to be living in the mansion. They really want him to be spending millions more of your taxpayer dollars to live in that mansion. It's like, wow, these are your priorities right now. These are your priorities. You're more concerned about spending millions of more dollars on the governor's mansion. You're mad at the Montana governor who donates his own salary to charity for not living in the mansion. Uh, But meanwhile, I haven't heard a peep out of you guys about the illegal invasion taking place on our southern border that's literally destroying families and destroying lives all across Montana, especially on our reservations. Uh, I haven't heard you complain about these liberal judges that just threw out these these new laws that are designed to provide affordable housing. But yet here you are, you know, you're all concerned that the governor isn't living in the mansion. Uh, nice priorities there uh, for some of these folks uh, on the Democrat side of the aisle in Helena. Uh, I had a couple of messages uh, that came in on our Montana Talks app here. Ron in Kalispell says, turn the governor's mansion into, into a museum. Take the entry fee and the donations and pay for the upgrades. Mike in Helena, convert the governor's mansion to some nice affordable housing. Uh, that's what Mike and Helena had to say. I, I'm kind of with uh, uh, with Tammy Fisher, former mayor of Kalispell here. She's like, just sell it. I mean, do we really need a governor's mansion anymore? Or can future governors just figure it out like the rest of us have to try and do, right? Uh, I, I get it. It's going to be a bit of a challenge given the uh, the Joe Biden, John Tester inflation rates right now and, uh, and everything else uh, going on. But hey, uh, that's how the rest. That's what the rest of us have to deal with. Hey, uh, Aaron Flint here with Montana Talks. Great to be with you here on this Wednesday, January third. For those of you that heard our January first, our New Year's Day radio special, uh, we had a great conversation uh, with Greg Franks, uh, the proprietor of the of the Summit Cigar Lounge in Billings. He used to work for Ron Marlinay back when he was a teenager. He first started kind of getting involved in Montana politics and then eventually worked for uh, for former Congressman Ron Marlinay, who was the Republican congressman from the Eastern District. And then you had Pat Williams, who was the Democrat congressman for the Western District uh, back in the day. Uh, before Montana only had one member of the House of Representatives. Uh, and, and, of course, now we've got two members of the House once again. Uh, and then, but the reason we got together was because John Brennan was in town. Former State Senator John Brennan out of Scobie was in town. And so we, you know, couldn't miss the opportunity to catch up with John Brennan. Uh, but anyway, I, I shared a little sample of the climate change song that John put together for us. I'm going to play the full climate change song for you here today. Uh, And then more of our conversation since we ran out of time talking about a potential 2024 uh, Republican Senate primary. Uh, And then we'll get to your phone calls later on. Talking about the issues that matter to Montana. Statewide, this is Montana Talks 
with Aaron Flint. All right, I'll get to your phone calls here coming up in the second half of the program this morning. But I want to play, you know, we, we ran out of time with our, our Monday New Year's Day special. We were talking Montana political history. We were talking about Frank Whetstone and how he helped uh, craft the, the Ronald Reagan Western Revolution. Uh, and we talked about the last time Montana had two members of the U.S. House of Representatives. And then we just barely skimmed the surface about the big story coming up in 2024 and the 2024 U.S. Senate race. And, and we got to the question, will Montana Congressman Matt Rosendale, who currently uh, serves in the Eastern District, will he, uh, will he leave the House and run for the Senate? And then in doing so, would that open a big uh, dozen-plus Republican primary for that Eastern House district? Uh, anyway, so uh, let's just jump right into it. Uh, we, we got the reaction first from former State Senator John Brennan out of SCOBY. Uh, very interesting what he has to say here, as he says that, 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 that he supports Congressman Rosendale, and would support him for the Senate, but also that he believes that that he thinks that that Congressman Rosendale should stay in the House and not run for the Senate. And then we get thoughts from Greg Franks, uh, the proprietor of the Summit Cigar Lounge, as well. I uh, I believe that uh, no matter who wins wins the uh, race to represent uh, the Republicans in the fight against Tester, I'll definitely vote for because. Tester doesn't have any Montana values, and I don't think he really has a lot of American values, the way he's voted against uh, everything and for everything that Biden wants. So I'll be voting for the Republican that wins that race. Do I have some favorites? I, I've never met Tim Shi, so I don't know him at all. I do know one thing. I served with both uh, Zinke and and uh, Matt Rosendale in the Senate. I liked them both. I always said that uh, Matt Rosendale, he came as a freshman in the House of Representatives and presented a bill, and I was chairman of Senate Fish and Game. He did the most concise, precise job of testimony for a freshman that I've ever heard in my life, of all my life up there. And, and it was to the point, short, concise, and boy, I was impressed, and I've been impressed with him. Rock, ever, ever rock since. solid in the legislature, yeah. and many conservatives yeah. believe rock solid in the house. And and so, uh, <clears throat> we've been friends for a long, long time, and friendship uh, means a lot to me. Uh, I have nothing against uh, she uh, at all, uh, but I would I would imagine that uh, if I were going to support somebody. Uh, if uh, Matt runs for the uh, Senate, I'll support Matt. Uh, I told Matt the way uh, uh, that I thought, the way things have ended up, that we, and both my wife and I agree, that we hope that he stays in the House uh, because you never know what's going to happen in the primary. You never know who's going to win that Senate seat. The Democrats are going to put tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars in that. And and uh, we would hate to lose a conservative uh, person from the Eastern District in, in there. And no matter how he feels that he might have been betrayed or what have you, uh, 
sometimes there's a reality check that I think you have to look at. Is, is it worth it, number one, to take the chance? And when you can really make a difference. Now, Marlon, he never, ever exhibited the fact that he wanted to run for the Senate. Ever. Uh, and now, I think Marlon might have regretted it a little bit, not running in 88. But I'm, I'm, I'm not sure that I can see a lot of reasons. The number one reason why you'd want to run for the Senate, there's only 100 there versus 435. Yeah, I mean, staff. I mean, yeah. uh, no different than more weight. Uh, I could have gone back to the House of Representatives, but I'd have been a, a, a freshman again. Well, <laughs> at uh, 70 years old or so, uh, do I want to be a freshman again? <laughs> I think I've, <laughs> you know, everybody starts out as a freshman in life, no yeah, matter right. what you do, business or politics or whatever. But it's there. interesting hearing, hearing your words, though, because it kind of goes back to what, what Greg Franks and I were talking about, which is which kind of what you were saying, which is, you know, you were saying, look, if Matt runs, it, you'll support him. Uh, but you hope that he kind of stays in the House. And kind of like what Greg and I were talking about, which is the eastern Montana seat is such a heavily uh, uh, Republican district right now versus the western district where that's a different ballgame. The Democrats gerrymandered that seat in hopes that they could win. Zinke pulled it off, and he'll, he'll, I think he'll get an even bigger vote coming up. But so the point being is that, is that you can be that eastern Montana congressman, and you can take the fight uh, and, and pull the party to the right and pull the House to the right. But but you, but you risk kind of kind of alienating some Republicans and some independents and some moderates that could cost you in a big statewide race, uh, especially against an entrenched uh, near two decades incumbent like a liberal senator, John Tester, who could have 300 million, if not more, coming in to back him up. Whereas you could stay in the House, stay in the fight. Well, I agree to maybe part of that, but not totally. I don't have much use for certain politicians of either party <laughs> that I call wishy-washy. Yeah, you never know where they stand and what uh, stand they make. I served with uh, Republicans that uh, you never knew. They were nice people. Yeah, but they didn't want to take the hard vote. Mm -hmm. The yet the green or the red, and so the last guy to talk to them usually got their vote. Well, sometimes your philosophy and the philosophy of your district has to overcome that mm -hmm. all right more to follow with uh, former state senator john brennan out of scoby and greg franks in our chat from the summit cigar lounge uh, part of which we are earlier this week coming up right after this right here with montana talks this is where montana talks Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. So will uh, Congressman Matt Rosendale jump into the U.S. Senate race right now? Uh, Navy SEAL veteran and Republican U.S. Senate candidate Tim Sheehy, he announced, God, at least six months ago, uh, already uh, uh, involved in the ground campaign and in the air war effort in, in what is going to be the biggest U.S. Senate race in the country. Uh, that's part of what we were talking about with uh, former State Senator John Brennan out of Scobie and Greg Franks, uh, who, who goes back to the, the Ron Marlinay days, back when Ron Marlinay was the, uh, the congressman for the Eastern District. Uh, anyway, back to our conversation, uh, John Brennan was talking about how, you know, he served with some wishy-washy uh, politicians in Helena who were too afraid to hit the red button or the green button sometimes. Well, sometimes your philosophy and the philosophy of your district has to overcome that. Mm -hmm. 
And if you're naive enough to believe that you're going to get into politics and have everybody love you, <laughs> you shouldn't be there in the first well, place. I the same thing with this microphone. If you've got a like I said, we're all going to be forgotten, you know, but, but what we do or don't do right now with our time on this earth, with our time in big sky country, our kids and our grandkids are going to see the results of good or bad. So, so, you know, you've got a microphone. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to say what needs to be said or are you just going to, well, well, no, you know say what, I, what needs to be you said. You know what I, I told my wife uh, when I die, put on my tombstone, he tried. <laughs> Which reminds me of the, the great liner Bill Pelton uh, told me once as well, like a, like a steer in a field full of heifers, all you can do is try. I want to go back. Yeah, on, go ahead, uh, I want to go back. It's my concern coming into this twenty-four election with Matt and the, the, if he runs for the senate or if he stays in the house. Is one thing you don't want to do is going into a general election. You don't want crossover vote. Once that starts, it, it starts trickling down ticket pretty quickly. Montana are notoriously cross-ticket voters. I remember going back in that ninety-two election, looking at the numbers of the people that voted for. For uh, Bush, voted for voted for uh, Marlin A, or didn't vote for Marlin A, they voted for Roscoe, and it just back and forth, ping-ponging back and forth. And Montanans are notoriously independent voters. That's why Roscoe, they're not Roscoe, but that's why Ross Perot did so well in uh, 92 and 96 in the state. And that's why one of the reasons why Trump is a very big attraction here is because people like straight talk. They like people that tell them the truth. And, tr and, and Trump, the populist-style message. Populist-style message. Perot and Donald Trump. Delivered, yeah. you know, I, guess I love Matt, what he's doing in the House. I really do, and I will support him 100% if he stays in the House. But I'll tell you, I, I, for me personally, it's just, we, we gotta have, we, we, we gotta have a shot at this. My, thing. my thing is this, is November 6, 2024, if I was, you know, don't, we've been talking a lot of 1980s stuff here. Even Back to the Future was a big movie when I was a kid that was always playing at the Cottonwood Inn while I was waiting for my mom to get off of work there in the lobby in Glasgow. And, and if, I, if I'm in the DeLorean and, and it's November 6th, and if I'm on this microphone telling people that John Tester is being reelected, and I look back nine months and I say, man, Aaron, is there something you could have said or done that could have changed the outcome here to save this state and save this country from this open borders nonsense that we gone on? Uh, why didn't you do something about it? And so that's why I, I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm glad that we're having these frank conversations, because frankly, these conversations we're having right now amongst the three of us is what every every Montana is saying. This, you know, when you get behind the the the. The, the campaign talking because I've known Matt Rosendale and Tim Sheehy together for the same amount of time. I mean, I've known Tim Sheehy since he first got out, out, he and his wife first got out of the military and started building these businesses. And I'm so impressed by him, but I've also been impressed by Matt in the legislature and in Congress as well. Well, and uh, I guess the, um, we'll hear about the rest of the story. How it <laughs> pans out. One thing I'd like to say, I was watching, uh, listening to your competitor station driving down the road one day because I was out of line and sight of your... Yeah, that's all right. Uh, and anyway, they had uh, Frank Garner and Rob Cook, who were oh, yeah. former members of the yeah, House right. yeah, of yeah. Republicans. Uh, Frank Garner was from Kalispell, Rob Cook from the Shelby area. And they're trying to bring forth this uh, uh, deal to uh, have open primaries. A top four. Top four. Where the that, top four vote-getters, regardless of party, most ridiculous thing that has ever been proposed and i can understand it coming from those two because they were part of the rhino group 
that gave uh, Bullock and Schweitzer everything they wanted because you had those liberal Republicans in the House and the Senate. When we were supposedly controlling it, the Republicans in the House and the Senate, they gave Bullock and Schweitzer everything he wanted. And, and this would disseminate the Republican Party and conservatives in Montana. We're going to go back to, uh, is it Louisiana or, or you can go to Europe and, and where you have the top four and somebody has to get 50%. And if they don't get 50%, then you have to have another election. This is just going to cost more problems, more money spent on elections. And we got way too much money spent on elections right now. And this is going to do nothing but hurt the Republican Party. Yeah, this party. top four primary idea is where basically like, okay, so you have a, so right now every Montanan will get a primary election ballot for each party that yes. makes the ballot. Libertarian, yes. Green, if, if the liberal Supreme Court allows them on the ballot. Anyway, Democrat, Republican, you can only fill out one and you vote for the one candidate in that party that you want to be the, the nominee. For the general. And yeah, I, I'm with you. I, it sounds too much. It reeks of ranked choice voting, which is rank. I think the name says it all. But I like a, I like the idea of, of a runoff election. So you referenced John Tester. He won elections without getting 50 percent of the vote. What if we had a runoff election where, OK, if a candidate doesn't get 50 percent, we have a runoff because then you at least have to get a majority of Montana. Well, then uh, the question for you is uh, <laughs> there's been a lot of uh, uh, Republicans and Democrats that didn't, that ran for president, that didn't get 50% of the vote. Either. Well, and in Bill, the primary Bill Clinton too. never got 50% yeah. of the vote. That's yeah, so, good point. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I, you know, there's merit. You know, there's pluses and minuses in what you say. I, I, I hear them. But this having the top four in there. Uh, you're going to have the Green Party and this party and the Marijuana Party and that party. Uh, I, I'm so sick and tired of that uh, BS. In the uh, anyway, uh, we when I want to vote, I want to be able to vote for my Republican. And if I don't like the Republican, I don't vote. I write some. I write your name in, John. Yeah, it's right in yeah. John Brennan. Yeah, right. I won't tell you what name I write in. Yeah. Why, why you, you, we're all friends here. We're just having a cigar. You can tell us what name you write no, in. No, I'm not. Because then, then, then they'd know it's Scobie. What I <laughs> Well, and what happens when you say something that, on the... That, that only has happened less than four or five times in my life. Now, what happens when you say something on the radio in Scobie and they hear it on this, uh, on this Montana talk show? What happens after you say something on the radio well you're gonna change his tombstone yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no I, well i'm you know i'm technically one of their bosses so they don't dare say too much <laughs> but oh this was kind of cool when, when before we kicked off our our initial conversation here at the cigar lounge you know you were just telling me anytime i call into your show like i it doesn't matter where i'm at scoby plenty with they're like john are you john brennan i heard what you said today you know? oh travis is great to get people get people on there and just yeah there's people producer, yeah, producer yeah. but yeah, the, yeah. This, I, yeah, love, I love hearing you john we got to have him sing a song still. oh we forgot how did we forget to, that was the main reason i was going to have it so like three months ago, I was, I was, apparently it was a South Park reference. John Jackson uh, informed me that that was a South Park reference. I forgot what the reference was, but all this stupid news stories about climate change. And it doesn't matter what it is, John Brennan. Blame climate change. Now, apparently, this was a South Park episode where they were like, "Blame Canada." I got. I, I'm trying to. I'm homeschooling. Our, we're homeschooling our kids, so we don't. We don't watch South Park or 
that sort of stuff at our house. We don't let that get into it. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Your kids may not, but yeah, yeah. I don't know what South Park is. Period. Well, that's all right. So, You're a good man, John Brennan. Blame Canada. So, so, so my my idea was it's we need. So I said on the radio just randomly, and John had heard it, or somebody in Scobie had heard it. They said, "Hey, he wants you to sing this song because John, when he was in the Montana Legislature, he was known for these pipes for being a good singer." And actually, you sang your final goodbye to the legislature. You sang on the floor of, of the legislature. But uh, but but the, the whole reason we even came here, and here we've been sitting here for, what, two hours now or so. At least. And the whole reason I was going to have John come here was to sing his climate change song, and we never did it. So, Greg, thanks for uh, keeping me on track here, you know. But uh, So you actually wrote a, a blame climate change song for us. Oh, I did. I've done parodies all my life. And, you know, when I sang my goodbye, I'm the only one that's ever done that in the Senate. Each senator, when they... I say goodbye gets to so I sang it to the remember this old house once knew my children this old house once knew my wife so I sang it to this old senate once knew my and then it goes on and I put in names and democrats and what and I put a now old Jimmy Keene sits there sleeping he don't know I'm gonna leave else he'd wake up in his chair and he'd sit there and howl and grieve but my voting days are over ain't gonna press the red no more Fred Thomas took my vote away and washed me out the door. Ain't he going to need to send it? So that's one of the part of it. What I oh, know. Fred yeah. Thomas, that's another one. Oh, he, Fred Thomas I is the one that... I saw Fred. At, where did I see he, Fred? I saw him in Chico about a year ago. He, I forget where I saw yeah, him. He's the one that brought in uh, the term yeah. limits, which I think yeah. has been a disaster for our <laughs> state. But you love him nonetheless. Oh, I, yeah. I, I like Fred. He's a good friend of mine, but I think he made a mistake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So is well. So you know, our friend Tim uh, Tim Tharpin Savage. He's our Mondakistan. And Tim used to work for me at uh, KCGM Radio, and he was a teacher right. at Scobie. He was a teacher, and 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 then he would DJ from time to time. And, and Tim uh, Tharp was came to Scobie as a Democrat. Did he? Oh man, he was, left as a Republican. He's going to wish we weren't recording this. He, he right left now. as a Republican. <laughs> but uh, but uh, well, and I'm not even going to tell you about my uncle Tech, who was the school superintendent in Scobie and in Cutbank, by the way. Uh, you talk about characters. Uh, who would throw some kids against the wall if they were getting out of line. Who was your but, uncle? Uh, Kedrick Flint. Oh, yeah. oh, Kedrick was good. <laughs> we need more superintendents like Kedrick Flint. <laughs> we, we'd bring this school nonsense to a halt if uh, Uncle Tech was back in there. Well, I'll tell you what, he was a good one. But today, this would be... Well, uh, oh, all right, we got to hold it right there. We'll get to the full Blame Climate Change song after this and then jump right into your phone calls. Uh, by the way, Tim and Savage is disputing that assessment. He, he claims he did not show up in and in scope he says he was he was a conservative but Scobie made him even more conservative. Uh, so that's the official dispute from, from Tim and Savage. Blame climate change after this and then right into your phone calls. This is where Montana talks ag with Lane Nordland. Yesterday, Missouri Governor Mike Parson announced the state would be banning Chinese ownership of agricultural land in his state. We're here to talk about foreign-owned agricultural land in Missouri. Parson announced Executive Order 2501, which prohibits individuals and businesses from nations identified as foreign adversaries from acquiring agricultural land within a 10-mile radius of critical military facilities in the state of Missouri. In addition to China, other nations banned enclosed those designated as foreign adversaries by the U.S. State Department. Our order grants the Missouri Department of Agriculture greater oversight and enforcement authority over all foreign agriculture land purchased. With this order, any 
foreign purchase of Missouri farmland must first be examined and approved by the Missouri Department of Agriculture. Highlighting Missouri's open business environment, Governor Parson affirmed that the order strikes a balance adequately safeguarding the state's security interest without penalizing allies. He said the order ensures protection against potential threats while maintaining economic partnerships and upholding the principles of legal immigration. In October of last year, Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders issued a directive compelling Chinese-owned Syngenta and its subsidiaries to divest land holdings within the state of Arkansas as well. I'm Lee North Blunt. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, so I'm going to have uh, John Brendan sing us the Blame Climate Change song that he put together for us in full. And then uh, we continue the conversation for another 10, 15 minutes or so. I'm going to save that one for our Montana Talks podcast. You can listen to that and then our full New Year's Day special if you missed it. Because uh, then we want to get into some of your phone calls. Uh, I think we've already got uh, one caller on the line who wants to uh, react to something John brought up about rank choice voting uh, and change to election laws so we'll get to that caller uh and then another caller on the phone lines who uh wants to say something about uh judges uh overreaching their authority here in montana and we've got phone lines open for you 406-294-0970 if you got something you want to talk about or you want to react to something that, that we've been chatting about uh here in the first half of the program uh Real quick, though, uh, I did just get some news in from one of our state lawmakers, and then I saw uh, uh, one of the Lee newspapers reporters just sent out a tweet about this as well. Uh, right now, they are encouraging people not to go to the state capitol in Helena. Uh, do not go to the capitol if you had plans to be there this morning. Uh, apparently, the state capitol... Uh, is currently under a bomb threat evacuation. So they have evacuated the state capitol uh, for for a threat. Uh, just a threat is all, all we know at this time. So, uh, so anyway, they've evacuated and uh, they say do not go to the capitol if you had any plans to be there this morning. So heads up, uh, uh, especially for our, our listeners on KCAP in the Helena area right now. Okay, uh, get to your phone calls here in just a second. Uh, first, it's, it's uh, state Senate, former State Senator John Brennan out of SCOBY with the Blame Climate Change song. So are you guys ready? We're ready. Light her up. Climate change, climate change, that's what it's all about. Climate change, climate change, that's what it's all about. John Kerry flies in his wife's jet. This really makes the GOP upset about climate change, climate change, that's what it's all about. Climate change, climate change, it's time to throw Biden out. Climate change, climate change, that's what it's all about. Biden canceled the XL pipeline ever since America is in a de decline. Climate change, climate change, that's what it's all about. Hunter Biden lives in D.C. He lost his laptop in the big city. This to Hunter is a real pity. Climate change, climate change, that's what it's all about. 
John Tester is Biden's lackey. It's time to give uh, get Tester the axe. Climate change, climate change. That's what it's all about. Climate change, climate change. It's time to throw Biden and Tester out. Climate change, climate change. And that's what it's all about. Ta -ta -ta. <laughs> I can just hear Frank Sinatra singing that song. That's right. Hey, uh, anyway, yeah, full audio. We'll have it on our Montana Talks uh, podcast uh, for the for the rest of our conversation for you there. But you know, you know what was great about it too is as we were sitting there with John Brennan, he didn't even type it up. I mean, it was still handwritten in cursive, I would add. Uh, he had a, a, the, the song handwritten in cursive right in front of him there. All right. Uh, yeah, pretty funny. I, I joked about that being the old for Pete's sake moment because the whole reason I was going to have him with us on the show at, when he was in town was so that he could sing that song. And then two and a half hours later, we finally got to it. All right. Let's get into your phone calls here. Anything and everything you want to talk about here on Montana Talks, 406-294-0970. First up, we got John in Kalispell listening to KJJR. John, thanks for the call. Oh, thanks for having me on here. So here's the one thing about the uh, rank. It's kind of fine, funny they call it rank. Is it RNK, choice voting? Um, what that does is What's the individuals that are out there that are more moderate or left to be able to take out potential Republicans that are conservative and that want to actually limit government? Additionally, you take a look at what's going on against Chibi uh, and the new uh, political action committee out there. It is the treasurer's Dave Lewis. I served with Dave Lewis in the legislature. Dave's a nice guy. Dave ran on the Republican ticket with Bob Brown, two liberal Republicans, just like a Roscoe. And people need to look at where the money's coming from, who's involved in these political action committees, and determine if you believe in their policies, then maybe the person they support is the right individual. But Dave Lewis is also the one to put pot in Montana. Because his daughter runs a pot shop in Helen. Well, isn't he also uh, consulting now? So doesn't he make a lot of money by basically lobbying John Tester? So so here he is running third-party attack ads against, uh, 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 you know, the, the candidate that John Tester fears the most. So sounds like he's he's just trying to line his own pockets, which is which is pretty sad when you think about it that way. When when our nation is on the line, when our state is on the line, and and you're too busy lining your own pockets. Well, of course, but even with that, Aaron, Dave never owned his own business. He always worked for legislative services back in the 60s and 70s. And he's worked for government his whole life. He's never been out there by himself. He was chair of appropriations, and all he wanted to do was spend. And it's amazing how our supposed Republicans... And they get to go out and save the Republicans just like a Roscoe, but it's in name only. They're not really Republicans. And so you take a look at what we have for property taxes and all this stuff. All of those issues literally started with Mark Roscoe. Schweitzer could have repaired them and fixed them, but he didn't want to do it. So he gives out, oh, my gosh, let's go ahead and give a... Uh, uh, a rebate for property taxes when at that point we had $1.8 billion in surplus. And what did 
what you're doing. You spend it with your moderate Republicans. So people need to know who's behind the curtains. And John Tester, he's absolutely horrible. He's horrible when he was a Montana senator. He's horrible when he was in the House. He's nothing but a empty suit. Well, a very large empty suit. Well, you know, Greg Franks, who we were were talking with earlier, uh, I thought he had a great line. You know, John Tester is the $27 trillion man. Now you could probably say $28 trillion man. The national debt, $6 trillion when he was first running for the U.S. Senate. It's now approaching $35 trillion plus. And, and and he's been there nearly nearly two decades now. And so regardless of what you think about him, I agree with you. I think he was a radical leftist since day one. He's just always pretended to be uh, this, you know, this fake moderate. But I think he's been a radical leftist since day one. Uh, John, thanks for the call. Great to hear from you. Uh, next up, let's get to Candy in Missoula. And we've got phone lines open for you as well. 406-294-0970. Candy, what's on your mind? Thanks for calling. Well, Aaron... I I have a question to ask in your military service, should be good. Who has the, and I think it's military code, who has the right in the duty to proclaim an insurrection? Good question. I'll I'll defer to one of our listeners. I'm sure we got a JAG JAG lawyer uh, listening out there somewhere. Only a sitting president can proclaim an insurrection. Think about it. We, we, so was that you that called in last week? I know when um, our, when yeah. David, yeah, David yeah. Noble did yeah. a great job filling in on the show because I, I had an email afterwards that, that I had read and, and somebody said, you know, you guys just had a caller who made a great point about all this January sixth nonsense, which is, yeah, which is okay if if you're trying to overthrow the government, like. Uh, the people that were trying to overthrow Donald J. Trump as president were the ones who were committing an insurrection, if that's what you want to call it, right? I mean, look but at the- he never, he never proclaimed an insurrection, and he was the sitting president on January 6th. We had a, uh, I don't know if you heard yesterday's program, Candy, but we had, you know, John Jackson was sidekicking with us yesterday, uh-huh. and Gary and, Billing, Gary and Billings called in with a good question, and, and he asked, uh, why do you think they're trying to remove Donald Trump from the ballot? And and we gave our, our reasons and, and some of the more obvious reasons, which is, yeah, clearly they fear Donald J. Trump and, and what he did for this country and, and what he will put a stop to with this open borders nonsense and more. But I got a great email from Evelyn Pyburn with the Big Sky Business Journal um, that I didn't see before we ended the show yesterday. And I thought she, she raised a really good point as well. Um, and she said she read this in the Epic Times. And Candy, stand by because I want to get your take on this assessment as well um, after the break. But basically, keeping Donald J. Trump off the ballot from their perspective is not just about blocking Trump from being president again. They don't want Trump voters to come to the polls because they believe that if Trump isn't on the ballot, enough voters won't show up and it'll affect all of the other elections, too. Did you know... Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, powered by the Montana Electric Cooperative Association. Your Montana Electric Cooperative, they do much more than keep the lights on for you. 
This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Yeah, no, I thought this was a very great point by Evelyn Pyburn. Evelyn Pyburn, for those who don't know, she has the the Big Sky Business Journal. She always has great business news, but she's also got very good political insight as well. And uh, anyway, she she basically made the point that that hey, the reason they keep they they want to to remove Trump from the ballot is not just because of the White House and the presidential race. And look at it. Look at even examples here in Montana. Look at the huge number of voters that Donald J. Trump brought to the polls. Remember the last midterm election? Republicans were able to take back control of the House of Representatives, but they weren't able to take control of the Senate. Uh, well, that was that was a couple of midterms or, or elections. But remember the, the 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 more recent election. This wasn't the midterm. This was like the the Virginia elections and some of these other uh, state elections. And I raised the question at the time. I think I was talking with our friend David Noble, and I said, I said the challenge here, you know, yeah, you can talk about the abortion issue and the effect of the topic of abortion. I said, but I, I think one of the bigger questions is, is how do how do you get folks to show up at the polls when Donald Trump is not on the ballot, whether it's a midterm election or whether it's 2028. When Donald J. Trump, even if he's reelected in 2024, well, he can't run again in 2028. So how do you get all of these Trump voters to still show up? So I, I thought that was a very good point by Evelyn that 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 they not only by trying to keep Trump off of the ballot in 2024, they're not just interfering in a presidential election, which is outrageous enough in itself. They are trying to interfere in every single other election. Think about it. That'll affect legislative races here in Montana, in Great Falls, in Cascade County, which they just forced a major disruption in the elections office there, by the way. That will they that would definitely affect the U.S. Senate race, the biggest Senate race in the country, because is Trump going to win Montana if he's on the ballot anyway? Yes. But Trump being on the ballot brings blue collar everyday men and women to the polls uh, like nobody else in recent history. And if they keep him off the ballot, they keep them away from the ballots and they affect every other election in the process. Anyway, Candy at Missoula, your thoughts on that? Yeah, Aaron, it goes back to the question. Joe Biden never said there was an uh, insurrection and the only sitting president was Donald J. Trump. And he didn't make a prop, proclamation of insurrection. And he had uh, the right and duty to check and make sure the election was fair and free. And that was his duty. He got out a report, I think, 45 days after the election, that he had to look over to see if it was, was fair, but he never proclaimed an insurrection. Well, and, and look, this is coming from the people who, who rioted and, and destroyed cities all across America month after month after month. And, and then they claim to be concerned about one day of it. Uh, yeah, you know, no, clearly there was coup attempt after coup attempt after coup attempt, or you could even call it a successful coup against President Donald J. Trump. And look at all of the destruction that has occurred in America since that point. 
another record broken on our southern border last month alone with illegal aliens coming across the southern border. Uh, Candy, thanks for for sticking around. Great to hear from you. Uh, oh, one other update I wanted to share from yesterday's show. In addition to that email from from Evelyn uh, Pyburn, uh, we had a caller right about right towards the end of the of the nine o'clock hour. We had a caller from Billings who says she had heard that uh, that at the school district two administrative headquarters at the Lincoln Center in downtown Billings. That, that they were allowing migrants to enter the building and do their own laundry in the basement of the Lincoln Center. Uh, anyway, I, I heard back from the director of community relations for the Billings Public Schools, and and basically she, she says that, that, uh, that the information that the caller relayed uh, was not accurate, but, but here's what is going on. Apparently, they've gotten American Rescue Plan funding and they're going to a this is American Rescue Plan funding for homeless children and youth. So they are establishing a family resource center uh, inside the the Lincoln Center in downtown Billings. And and this family resource center is going to be helping homeless teens. Now. Now. So so where did the whole dirty laundry thing come from? The dirty laundry in the basement of the Lincoln Center. So apparently. Um, right now, they have a washer dryer in the basement, but only custodians use that. Um, when they get a washer and dryer for this this family resource center, which will be in the Lincoln Center, uh, it will be used by Billings Public Schools homeless education liaisons to wash donated clothing to have available for students who are experiencing homelessness or high poverty. So, uh, so w- with regard to the claim that that uh, illegal migrants would somehow have access to the facility and be doing laundry down there, uh, the, the Billings Public Schools is saying no. This is a family resource center for homeless teens, and staff will be the ones doing the uh, the, the laundry for the donated clothing down there. But it also raised a really good question, which is. Do we have illegal alien students in our schools? Uh, would we even know about it if we did? And if we do, how many do we have? I, I, I don't know. I think that would be a good good follow-up question because if they would then be experiencing homelessness. Uh, yeah, anyway, just a follow-up question I had.